The following is paid programming brought to you by WT Wealth Management. Nothing we discuss should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational purposes only. Please do your own research and speak to an investment advisor or financial planner before making any investment decisions. Welcome to Intelligent Investing with Len Least. I'm your host, Jeff Horvitz. And this week, uh, part two of our series on the Federal Reserve. Glenn Least is with us, and John Heilner is also with us. Give you more details about the Federal Reserve, going to get deeper into interest rates and more. Hang tight for that. Glenn Least is a senior investment advisor with WT Wealth Management, and John Heilner is the chief investment officer. You can learn more about Glenn by giving him, giving him a call at 928-225-2474, or you can go to WTWealthManagement.com. And uh, Glenn, last week we talked a lot about the Federal Reserve and um, a lot of terms and the, the background, the history of the Federal Reserve. And if yep. people want to listen back on that one, if they missed it, you've got all this podcast. Now. Yeah, on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, just type in Intelligent Investing with Glenn Lease and all of our episodes are up there. So yeah, definitely if you missed last week, uh, check into that because we get kind of the basic groundwork of what the Fed is and, and what they're trying to do. And then now talking about the uh, effects of what they do. Yeah. And effects can be very broad ranging. Mm-hmm. John, um, uh, let's talk about interest rates. What if, what effects do rising interest rates, which is the environment we're in right now, have on the overall economy? Yeah. Um, you know, higher interest rates tighten virtually every part of the American economy. It can lead to higher mortgage rates, which we've all seen or read about over the last six months. Just you know, if a few months ago you could have got a thirty-year mortgage in the three and a half or high three percent range, today we're six six point five six point six. That's a historic increase in the thirty-year mortgage rate in a really short period of time. It can affect what it costs to go out and buy a car, especially a used car. Uh, credit card rates can go up if somebody has an adjustable mortgage. It's being affected. Virtually everything is tied to some sort of interest rates when you're borrowing money within the country. And all of this raising rates is just going to tighten economic conditions broadly through all aspects of the economy. You have some examples here on, on the mortgage side, Glenn, that I think yeah. are pretty astounding. Yes, yeah, so this is kind of crazy. So if you look at the 30-year mortgage and say you're, you're, what the amount that you borrow is 700000 and uh, it's at a 3% interest, you're right around twenty nine fifty a month for your mortgage. Um, that would have been like a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's you know pretty recent. And then if you had that same mortgage, but it was at 6%, now your your monthly mortgage amount is forty one ninety six. So that's an additional twelve forty five a month wow. by ju- and just interest alone. Now, if you bump it up even more, say interest rates get up to 8%, right? And that same mortgage, now you're paying 5136. So that's almost a 75% increase from uh, from your 3% interest rates to your 8 um, Your additional amount that you're going to pay each month is almost another 2100 So what does that do is the big question. Is maybe you're not buying a $700,000 house because maybe the most you can spend is, say, Twenty nine fifty. That's your your budget for your monthly mortgage, and so you you may say, you know, I can't do this seven hundred thousand dollar mortgage at eight percent. I'm gonna to have to buy a six hundred thousand dollar house at eight percent to to kind of or five fifty to kind of be in that same range. So when you raise interest rates like that, it does definitely have a pretty significant impact. And and the question becomes, what impact does that have? Say maybe even the housing market. Yeah. That's something that uh, I'm sure you maybe your realtors or people in that industry have said that you know over time, you know that 
can have an effect and it may bring prices down because maybe the average person can't afford it if they're borrowing. Now, if they're paying cash, that's a different story because um, they're not worried about what the interest rate is because they're paying cash. But for most of us, we're probably going to borrow you know, at least some amount for our home. Let's, let's be realistic. Yeah. Um, so the interest rates are having a huge impact for that. And like John said, even in uh, other areas of the economy, like the uh, auto loans, uh, you know, the auto industry. So this is crazy. I, I just looked at this the other day. Um, <clears throat> I had bought a, a minivan in 2018 and I blue booked it and it came out at like, I think like 32,000. And then I blue booked the same vehicle, uh, Two years later, my same car, and it actually has 20,000 more miles on it. It blew booked at 42,000. That's crazy. It's, it's wild. And so it almost like blew my mind. So not only are you know the used vehicle market going to be more expensive in general because supply and demand, and then you add on top of that the rising interest rates. I mean, frankly, now might not be the best time to buy a car. The best time was probably a year, two years ago. I mean, if you have to buy a car, you have to buy a car. Yeah. If you have to buy a house, you have to buy a house. But I think some people may look and say, well, unless I have to buy it, maybe I just kind of wait and see how this all pans out. So this is all in direct, directly tied to uh, interest rate rises. So that's where we're saying interest rates have an effect on things. And even just uh, credit card debt, student loan debt affects everything interest rates do. Well, John, and I'm sure you remember the time of the... 80s interest rates when people were probably paying 20% on a on a car loan and, and home loans were outrageous. Yeah, I mean it's um it's a, it's a very difficult time today because the single most detrimental thing to the economy is the inflation that we're experiencing today. You know, as I've said many times over the past year, the American economy is not set up for double digit inflation numbers. It just doesn't work because, you know, the Fed told us for the better part of a year that they felt inflation was going to be transitory. And once we had the reopening, we had vaccinations, we had, you know, sort of the return to normal that supply chains would fill in and that we wouldn't have the supply chain hurdles that we've had for the better part of 18 months and inflation pressures would slow down off of that. What we've seen is just the opposite. We've seen this acceleration of inflation since the reopening to the point now that the the reported inflation numbers in the mid to the high eights, probably the real inflation numbers somewhere in the mid, you know, 12, 13, 14%. And, and the Fed has to get on top of this quickly. Um, otherwise, inflation goes from being transitory to embedded. Um, and that really becomes a, a, a even a bigger problem. Yeah, yeah. And John, you, you hit on an interesting topic where you say the way they calculate CPI or the consumer price index is quite interesting because one, they strip out food and energy and the metric they use for uh, rental costs or, or housing costs is, in my opinion, not not where it should be. Because a lot of times they'll use a number of like four and five percent raises for interest, which are or for or, I'm sorry for for rental costs. And I don't think that is realistic. Uh, I mean, I looked at my home. Um, I did a little Zillow thing where I looked at it from when I bought it to where it's at today, and within two and a half years, it, it said the value went up forty five percent. And so I, I've been hearing stories in the Flagstaff area of people paying $2,500, $3,500, dollars of rent per month. So that 5% number of you know increase in housing costs, I don't think that's accurate. I think it's probably going to be more like 10, 15, 20 or greater. And so when you add that in plus the food and energy, I think John's spot on. I think the inflation numbers are probably in the, in the low teens. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the question is, why don't they report that? And I think we all know because <laughs> uh, the numbers look bad. And so they they re they change how it's calculated to maybe save face or to you know strip out some of the more painful things 
things to look at. But um, I think that's a reality we're looking at. And, and if you were to ask the everyday person on the street, hey, um, do you feel like prices are going up at the supermarket? And they'll say, oh my gosh, it's just crazy. You know, I try to go into Sprouts and I go for just milk, eggs, and cheese and it's $108. Yeah. It's like, it is, I kind of play that game where I go to Sprouts and say, can I ever get out of there for less than 100 bucks? And I've yet to win that game. It's yeah, just with uh, a little bag, probably. Yeah, with a, yes, only two little bags. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like to use real stories because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all real people and we have an associate in our Scottsdale office and his uh, lease was coming due on his apartment and they handed him a 25% rent increase. Wow. You know, it went from $1,600 a month to $2,000 a month and he shopped around and found out $2,000 a month wasn't really all that bad, but at the end of the day, it's a 25% increase. Um, and, and these things are, are just not sustainable. You know, what, ha- what happens is every employer has to pay an employee more so the employee can maintain their lifestyle. And ultimately, when you pay employees more, the consumer is the one that picks up the burden of that expense and inflation just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and you end up where we are today. Done. And, and that actually brings a good point. There's, there's a, an actual breaking point, right? Where yeah. you can no longer pass that cost along to the consumer and you as a corporation start having to eat away at your profits. And I think that's the environment we're going into. So maybe an easy example is, uh, the hamburger at the hamburger shop, right? Say it's $5 right now and it goes up to $7. Okay, we're still going to buy the hamburger. We'll say it goes up to another $8 or $9. All right, maybe we'll still buy it, but not as often. If it goes up to $20 for a hamburger, we're not buying it. Like there's a point where us as consumers just, it, the price becomes too cost prohibitive. So uh, the companies know that there is a limit for how much they can pass along in pricing and still be able to stay in business. So they're having to say, okay, now we have to start eating into our profits because lowering wages is a hard Thing to do as an employer. If you're paying someone $15 an hour, you know, paying them $14 an hour next month is a hard thing to do. So that wages are usually slow to come back down. So I think corporations are, are in this new territory where they can't pass along all the costs to the consumer and they're having to start eating into some of their bottom lines. Let's uh, talk about the bond rates when we come back, because I think the 20-year bond, the 30-year bond, I think that confuses a lot of people. Yep. Yep. Uh, and if you've got questions for Glenn, give him a call anytime. Call Glenn Lease for free, no obligation consultation. Listening to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. Uh, John Heilner is here with us as well. We're talking about the Federal Reserve. We're talking about interest. We're talking interest rates. We're talking about uh, inflation. And uh, if you want to talk with Glenn and get a free, no obligation consultation, give him a call right now at 928 225 2474. That's 928 225 2474. Let's talk about uh, the the twenty year and thirty year long term bond and and how. First of all, what is that? I guess you should start off with, but then also, how is the rising interest rates? How's that impacting uh, those bonds, those government bonds? Yeah, well, this is probably one of the most confusing things to investors. That as if you own a bond and interest rates, let's say you own a bond at. 
3% and interest rates move up to 4% or 5%, the value of your bond gets adjusted downward. So the market price would be synonymous for what you could get in the market today. So let's say you have a $10,000 bond. It pays 3%. Rates move to 4%. The market value of that bond might only be $9,500 now. So you've actually lost $500 on that bond. If you sell it today, But if you hold it to maturity, be it 10 or 20 or 30 years of the maturity of the bond, then you do get your initial cost back. So, you know, what we call that is statement shock. You might have a well-diversified bond portfolio, municipal bond portfolio. You're getting income from it every month. Maybe it's a half a million dollar fixed income portfolio. And as rates rates of rise, you're looking at it going, hey, why is my bond portfolio only worth 450 today or only 425,000 today? Well, you'll get the 500,000 back if you sit on each bond to maturity. But if you needed to go out into the marketplace to sell it today, you're only going to realize what the bond is worth with other comparable bonds. And that's ultimately what spooks a lot of investors when they think that they're in a safe investment like a bond and they don't realize that something like the Barclay Aggregate Bond Index, which is a benchmark that a lot of fixed income managers use, is actually down 13% this year. And you have to go back all the way to 1994, which is quite a while ago, to actually find when the S&P 500 and the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index were both down double digits in the same year. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes against conventional wisdom because most people, when they think of the stock market going down, they think, oh, my bond portfolio should be flat or maybe slightly positive. But we're in an environment where both stock portfolios and bond portfolios are down simultaneously and in the double digits. So there, it almost seems like there wasn't, there's not a lot of great places to hide right now. And so as a, as a portfolio managers, you know, we're really trying to see what are some of the alternatives? What can we do to kind of, uh, maybe insulate our clients from that interest rate risk or the rising interest rates? In fact, you know, John and I were actually talking the other day, you know, in the long term bonds is, is now a time to be betting against the 30 year bond because we know interest rates are going to be rising consistently over the next two or three years. And so we know that phenomenon of, you know, the current bonds being issued at a higher interest rate is going to affect the bond price today. So if you had a 20 year bond that you bought today at 3%, and in two years, all the new bonds are paying five and six percent, you know that one today is going to go down in value. So if you bet against it, you, you can actually have your portfolio increase in value um, when that bond goes down. So, you know, just we're, we're in a tough environment, right? And so that's one thing that you know, when we look at portfolios, we have to take that interest rate risk into account. And maybe we don't want to be in a 20 or 30 year bond. Maybe we only want to be in a six month bond. So that way we can reduce the duration of our bonds and kind of insulate ourselves from that long term bond risk. Let's talk. Let's finish up today, guys. And here with John Heilner, Glenn Least, um, with what you call and what many call inflation, which is a this silent tax or stealth tax. Um, talk, talk about the the rule of seventy two and how it relates to inflation. I guess let's start with that. Um, John, yeah, the, <laughs> they're arguing who wants to start first. <laughs> the rule of 72 is great. It's basically a quick way to understand how often the price of something would, would double. Okay. So a lot of times we use it for returns. If you're um, looking to achieve a 10% return on your investments and you divide 
10, uh, 72 by 10, you get 7.2. So theoretically, your portfolio would double every 7.2 years. So, so you know, it has it really has an exponential effect. If you start with $100,000, 7.2 years later, you'd have 200,000. 7.2 years later, you'd have 400,000. And a lot of times we do that. You can also use it for inflation. If you have 7% inflation and you divide that into 72, you know, the price of something would technically double in a 10-year period. So it's a good benchmark to understand just how important the rate of doubling is. Yeah. And traditionally with uh, inflation being low at two, two and a half percent historically, that would mean, you know, every 30, 30 something years, everything would double in price. So your house that was worth 200,000 um, in 30 years might be 400,000 on the car. Your, you know, that hot car that you got when you're in high school that you paid 10,000 for now would be $20,000. So that's at 2%. But to John's notion, when you have high inflation, I mean, if you got 10% inflation, you know, or 12 or 15, now everything is doubling three to four years or God forbid you're in Venezuela and you have, you know, runaway inflation where things are doubling, you know, every couple of weeks or every couple of months. When you sit down at the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like, you know, how, how do how do companies even do they have like a LCD display screen for their pricing because they have to reprice yeah. so often? I mean, that's an issue some of these countries have in Venezuela is that they have to reprice their products every single day, sometimes multiple times a day because the price keeps moving up. So inflation and understanding that is really important. And a lot of times people refer to inflation as the silent tax because it is eating away at the value of our dollar. If you look at the United States dollar, the value of it, it's lost probably 95% of its value over the last 60, 70 years. And, and partly because of inflation. Inflation's really eroded away at its buying power. What you could do with $1 today versus what you could do with a dollar 100 years ago, vastly different. We've all heard the stories of, oh, I, I had a nickel and bought an ice cream with on the subway train and watched a movie all for a nickel. And we're going, wow, that's like 50 bucks nowadays. So, you know, inflation is, is definitely a very important thing for us to understand because if we're not staying ahead of inflation, it really starts to compound and eat away at our buying power. A good example is if you had $100,000 and inflation was 10% um, and you kept 100000 in the bank, well, the next year you'll probably still have 100000 in the bank. You know, It's not going to go down in value, but it lost uh, $10,000 of buying power. So now that same 100000 only buys $90,000 worth of goods and services. So one of the things that we do as a firm is how can we stay ahead of inflation as best we can? And it's it's a, a tough situation now, temporarily, but long term, you know, we, we think that we have got some great ways to stay ahead of inflation and beat that. Um, but it's important for people to understand if they don't stay ahead of inflation. I mean, I you know, I've, I've met people that just are like, oh, I'll just keep all my money in the bank for the next five or 10 years. And I'm going, OK, that's one idea. But, you know, what if inflation goes up? You know, that's really going to start eroding your hundred thousand dollars. is not going to feel like a hundred thousand dollars in 10 years. Yeah. You so. 10 if it was 10 percent per year in 10 years. We, nobody has a crystal ball. But yeah. Yeah. It's all you this, lose so much value purchasing power. Yeah. I saw this meme the other day and it says, oh, I like the look of the new, uh, you know, five dollar bill. I like the new design. And it was a picture of a 20, you know, but that's, <laughs> it's, it's a good it's a good it, it kind of is comical. But you're like, yeah, kind of. I remember back in high school, a 20 was a big deal yeah. 20 years ago. Like, man, I got 20 bucks. Whereas like now, like a 20 is like, you can't really do a whole lot with 20. I mean, maybe buy one meal I mean, you're not buying, you know, lunch for you for and yourself. a friend and be able to also yeah. fill up your gas tank. That's just not possible. Yeah. So, you know, inflation is definitely eroding away at the dollars, which is why it's so important to make sure that you don't just put all your money in the bank and just leave it there for 20, 30 years. Cause that, you know, the inflation is going to be much higher than whatever the interest that the bank pays you. Final thoughts going forward as we wrap up this topic of, of inflation for now and, and the Federal Reserve, um, bottom line is you've, you've got to combat it. You've got to combat inflation, stay ahead of it, John. 
Yeah. You know what? One of my favorite things I like to tell clients when I sit with them, especially when they feel this uneasy, is that the the economy is not the stock market and the stock market is not the economy. While the stock market has really, you know, suffered in the last six months, we feel like the economic strength underneath the economy is quite strong. You know, most people are working. Most people have higher wages. A lot of people have uh, substantial equity in their homes. Balance sheets have proved to be less stressed with people carrying less credit card debt. Um, So you can't necessarily equate stock prices today to the health of the economy. We do think that inflation poses a serious problem the longer it stays embedded. And we're all behind the Federal Reserve trying to moderate inflation as much as they can uh, without causing a deep recession. A mild recession probably would be embraced by almost everybody at this point. All right. If you want to learn more and talk with Glenn, you're available anytime, nearly anytime. Nearly anytime. And you can uh, <laughs> check us out on our website, or if you want to check out any of the other podcasts, go to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, or just give us a call, 928-225-2474. All right, gentlemen, have a great week. Thanks. We'll talk with you soon. You too. <laughs>